Dance Billions is back. The season return is now streaming. You love the game. The chance to take someone else's power for yourself. Starring Oscar nominee and Emmy winner Paul Giamatti and Emmy winner Damian Lewis. What do you want us to do? Light his ass up. Univerg style. The Clash of the Titans has just begun. This is when the fun starts for me. I think I love this. Billions now streaming only on Stan. Good afternoon and happy Easter Monday to you. You are listening to the first episode of a new weekly podcast here on Spark. Now they say that creative work is 1% inspiration, but 99% perspiration. So every Monday at 2pm here on Spark, we'll be bringing you interviews and advice from today's creative professionals for tomorrow's. So if you want to work in graphic design, film, television, theatre, literature, radio, animation, social media, then this is the show for you. Each week you'll be hearing from different people who work in the creative industries. And remember, everyone started off somewhere. So how did they come to be where they are? What's their story, their journey? And what advice do they have for you? Today on the first 99% perspiration. But from a very, very early age, my mother has a book of, of my school days and it had a, um, a section you would fill in each year what you wanted to be when you grew up. Mm. After astronaut, <laughs> after I realised that wasn't going to happen because uh, mathematically I couldn't do it, mm. I put down I want to be a graphic designer. So from an early age I wanted to do graphics, I wanted to do design, it was along with media, uh, it was one of the, in English, it was one of the things that I really enjoyed doing. That's Alan Verth, who's the studio manager of Harlow Printing. Based in South Shields, Harlow are a design graphics company who produce work for national clients, including most of the NHS material. I think it's possibly one of the hardest, hardest jobs to do, because any level of rejection is, is personal. It's about how you look or how you sound. It is as much about the colour of your eyes and the shade of your skin and the length of your hair as anything else. And Corinne Kilvington, the creative director of Theatre Space Northeast. They're an award-winning theatre company based in Sunderland who want to turn any space into a theatre space. And if you have any questions, any suggestions, you can tweet us on our Twitter, at 99podcast. But first... A few weeks ago, the University of Sunderland held their very first volunteering fair of 2015, where dozens of businesses and organisations put on stalls to find student volunteers. I wanted to ask what exactly a student would gain from volunteering their time. Well, it's important because if students don't get voluntary work or work experience or part-time jobs, that will slow down their progress in finding a graduate job when they leave. So any experience and the skills that they get from it is just what this, this event's all about. It's to expose them to the opportunities and also to get them to do some good stuff for the community as well, which is essential in Sunderland, isn't it? Well, it's a great way for people to network and for people to see about all the fantastic opportunities and maybe take part in something that they had never considered 
taken part in before. And I think these things can also inspire people with regard to careers. Like you might see a stall or stand or speak to someone who uh, who's talking about a career or opportunity that you've never considered and it can just, you know, it can maybe spark a little something inside you and you can think, oh yeah, maybe I would like to do that. Twice a year, it offers students the opportunity to, you know, think about their, their career, you know, think about building skills, not just studying to pass, pass your uh, exams or gives you an edge, you know, in your CV, in your, in your interviews. Now, I found that answer a lot. It gives students skills, gives them experience. But already deciding to study at university is a big expense. Yes, you can get loans from the government, and yes, you don't have to pay them back until you're earning over a certain threshold, but it's still a worry for a lot of people. To then give away your time without getting paid for it? I think you have to remember that you can't do... Uh, while it's good to get experience, and it is good to do work for free in most cases, make sure that you're not being exploited, you know? Make sure that nobody's taking advantage of you willing to do this free work. Uh, it's, it's voluntary work, cheap labour. I, I, I know you're not asking me that, but no, it's not. It's just another way of developing skills and giving something back to the community at the same time. So it's a win-win, isn't it? Just be honest with yourself and know your self-worth and make sure that you're willing to speak up and say, hey, you know, I'm doing all this fantastic work. I, I need to pay bills and pay rent and just be honest and put yourself first. It's a difficult one, isn't it, really? Um, we all do voluntary work in our own lives. Yeah? Some people, it, it's a choice, is what I'm trying to say in a very diplomatic way. There are part-time jobs out in here, so students can choose whether they want to do part-time jobs and get paid for it, or whether they want to uh, give something back to the community, as, as lots of people do. Try as hard as you can to gain as much as experience as you can. Uh, whether it's paid or unpaid, um, whether it's a project that you, you're willing to work on, because the more you get involved, the more you make out of it, and it will definite, definitely reflect in the future on a good career. I would say take any experience you can, um, even if it's sort of unpaid internships, unpaid volunteering and work experience roles, you just have to be prepared to do some things for free because in the long run it's going to benefit you and it'll look great on your CV. It's just about getting um, a range of experience as well. I think that um, yeah, you can feel like you're giving a lot away for nothing um, and when you feel like that you need to address what you're doing. So if, if what you're doing isn't making you happy as a volunteer then you can stop doing it. Um, if it's something that you're just doing to try and get a job I would also stop because it's probably going to be something that's going to take a long time and you're just going to get frustrated. So the reason to volunteer isn't just to get a career, it's to get those skills. So when you're volunteering and you're not getting a job in that industry, you're still getting so many skills through doing it. So focus on what you're getting out of it more than what you're not getting out of it. So as long as you can find a balance that suits you and you feel like you're getting enough out of it, Maybe volunteering is a good idea. If nothing else, it's certainly true that you can learn a lot about the industry you're hoping to work in. But the last voice you just heard is a former student from the University of Sunderland. 
She started volunteering with the National Glass Centre a few years ago and has become a permanent member of their staff. My name's Lily Daniels. I'm a learning and engagement officer at the National Glass Centre. Originally, I started there as a volunteer. I've loved it so much. It's such a brilliant environment. There's so much creativity. There are students running around doing crazy and exciting things. There's brilliant exhibitions and you get to work with um, tiny children who are so creative in such a different way. So I was studying glass and ceramics and there was an opportunity to work with the education team. And I went and I worked with a bunch of differently aged children and ran workshops. And now several years later, through that I've managed to do it as my job um, but the volunteering wasn't just a way to get the experience to do that it was a way of figuring out that that's what I wanted to do so I was doing a bunch of different volunteering things I was doing things with uh, galleries helping install things I was doing things uh, with with longer projects and it was figuring out where I wanted to be in my career and that's what volunteering gave to me at the moment where we are financially in the world means that a lot of organizations couldn't run if it wasn't for volunteers but also we're at a place where every job has how many applicants? I heard about um, the Baltic advertised for a job and got two vans worth of post. So this is hugely important for students to get to the point where they're on the top tier of those two vans worth of posts of applications. And that we as organisations can continue to run and deliver really brilliant things. Lily is definitely a success story when it comes to volunteering. But is it likely that someone else could be just as lucky? My personal experience at going from a volunteer to an employee is kind of, um, it's not typical to me. It's, it's quite a broad thing. Lots of volunteers go on and work with their, with, with, within that organization or within that industry. Um, and it was quite an easy thing for me to do. I made good friends, I made contacts, I became a lot more confident. Because as a student, you, you have a sense that there's a possibility that you're brilliant at something, but you don't have the proof. And volunteering gives you the proof. If you're interested in working at an organization, get in touch with them because they want you to do that. They want you to volunteer. They want you there. You're valuable. That conversation is so easy. Can I help you? Yes. And you want to do it with as many different people and as many different varied roles as you possibly can so that you can figure out if this is the right direction for you and get the skills that you need so that when you, when you figure out where you want to be, you can be there. If you want to be a volunteer at the National Glass Centre, email learning at sunderland.ac.uk. We'd love to have you. What are your experiences of volunteering? The good, the bad? Are you an active volunteer? Did you work somewhere where you felt unappreciated? Did volunteering get you where you are today? We want to hear from you because 99% Perspiration is all about real stories, real people in the creative industries. Our Twitter handle is at 99podcast and we would love to receive your opinions, your advice, your questions. Uh, once again, that's at 99podcast. But to wrap up our segment on the UOS Volunteer Fair, one final word now from Tom Davey. He's the head of Sunderland Futures and of the Careers and Employability Service. Education matters, a degree matters, but involving in extracurriculum and co-curriculum activities make them stand out in the crowd. How many, how many graduates are there coming out of UK universities, 180 uni universities every year? How many of them have got a 2-1 in English or pharmacy or engineering? A hell of a lot. What distinguishes one between the other 
is the ability to articulate, to problem solve, to analyze, to communicate, um, to share, to teamwork. I could go on and on and on, your tape would run out. And that is what this event is all about. And if you're a student at the University of Sunderland, the next volunteering fair will be coming up around October. You can find out more by following the Careers and Employability Service on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash UOS Careers Service. There's also a handy email you can follow if you are interested in volunteering and they'll send you the latest opportunities. Once again, that's facebook.com forward slash UOS Careers Service. Let's kick off the first of the two main interviews this week. This is Harlow Printing's studio manager, Alan Verth. When I was at school, um, we had lots of you know careers advice, but from a very, very early age, uh, my mother has a book of, of my school days, and it had a, um, a section you would fill in each year of what you wanted to be when you grew up. Yeah. After astronaut, <laughs> After I realised that wasn't going to happen because uh, mathematically I couldn't do it, um, physically I probably couldn't do it, and I don't know any Geordie astronauts either. Um, yet. 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 Yeah, or ever. <laughs> uh, I put down I want to be a graphic designer. So from an early age, I wanted to do graphics. I wanted to do design. It was along with media. Uh, it was one of the th- in English. It was one of the things that I really enjoyed doing, and. I kind of fell into it after doing a media course, working for the civil service, all these little kind of things when you leave school. Um, and took a job with my dad who had left the Chronicle. He was now working at a local printers, uh, just doing simple page layout and design. And, and from that, got a job with the Chronicle. <laughs> so it... it I really don't want to put people off by saying it's who you know, but it kind of is really. Um, it's a reality. Of it it is, it? yeah. It. I mean, in the company I'm working for now, it is. If, if there's a, if there is a vacancy, it's basically, do you know anyone that wants a job? The recommendation has to come from somewhere, and it's that is tough for someone coming into it. Uh, I would never ever put anyone off going to university, honing the skill. Um, becoming much better than they are by self-development. After that, find someone who works in the industry. Find someone who will give you two weeks um, internship, two weeks work experience. Get into the places that that they are. Um, It's a very tough business to break into. It, It used to be a lot better than it was because a lot of the agencies in the Northeast Agencies would um, take on a lot of people and we'd work them through the um, through entry uh, up into a senior graphic designer. But a lot of the agencies went bust. There's 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 not many left at all. And you're talking huge big companies um, such as Robson Brown, which was a massive agency that worked with with the Chronicle. That went that went under. So you've got a lot of would be designers and designers looking for work. Mm. Freelance is a very good place to start. It is. If you can get a portfolio together and you can uh, get yourself out there offering the services to companies, I personally would take a freelance on straight away. Um, you'd have to lower your price, but I would take a freelance on. Uh, 
the amount of work that, that, that we have requires that I do use freelancers. So that's a, definitely a, an option. What would you say are the advantages and the drawbacks of someone giving away their time in work experience? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean because it's it's like workfare, isn't it? Really, you know, um, I'm going to give you this for free. Uh, what are you going to give me? What I can say is that what you have, if you've gone to university, you've done three years and you've studied design, uh, you may have done some work experience in that those three years at at, at a, a company. Uh, it will be completely different to actually doing some work in the studio. It is not what you think it is. The design that you will do um, isn't isn't always what you want to do. It's driven by the customer, and the customer is always right because they're paying for it and they want it. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's good, but you know, if you do some fantastic design, and the customer says, "Well, actually, I don't like that, like that. Can we just have a massive big eagle in the middle of it?" For example, I don't know why I thought of eagle, but you know that's a but it's a kind of odd request you get. You know, okay, right? Well, that's got nothing to do with what I've done, and so all the way through university, you are learning to produce artwork of a certain standard. You're working to um, industry standards that uh, lecturers and the course itself will have said this is how the industry works, but when you get in there, it's completely different. So I would say that the time that you are giving is not just for the employer um, and we will get some benefit out of it but we won't get that much out of it because the time constraints that we have the customers that we have that expect a certain level you're not going to be at that level so we are basically saying right i'm going to give you two weeks three weeks four weeks and i'm going to train you in how the industry works you will you will get something from that because you'll you'll be able to see whether it's for you or not and that's an important thing and we'll be able to certainly from my point of view I will be able to help someone mature in the role so you mentioned two ways that are great ways of like breaking into the industry yeah. one being work experience finding yeah. a company and letting them train you up yeah the other getting contracts as a freelancer yes definitely yeah. now if someone's interested in, in looking into freelance I know firsthand it's a hard step to take in finding people it is yes I would say get as much of your work out there as possible do your friends website do your friends flyers do your friends um, business cards do whatever you can for free so that when I come to look for a freelance I can see you've done this 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 and this it doesn't matter whether they were for free it doesn't matter whether for a friend I'm seeing physical things that you helped to produce and the reason that I would go to a freelance is that I simply have too much work for the full-time staff to do and I want someone who can come in do it and give me a finished product without having to have any period of training. Um, best ways, you know, I would, you need to be on social media, you need to be on LinkedIn, you need to be, uh, you need to have a website, an online portfolio, 
you need to walk about with your portfolio and you, you need to be able to take the old no I'm sorry we're not looking for anyone at the moment as not as a rejection of you but as a reflection of what is actually happening in the business at that time but don't don't be disheartened by it just keep on trying a huge thanks to Alan Verth there from Harlow Printing. Um, I think a lot of people are going to say that same advice. I've certainly heard it a lot. You need to get yourself out there on social media, get a website, etc., etc. And yeah, they're so right because, um, well, you know, the popular expression is the right place at the right time. But the way I like to think about it is as many right places as many right times as possible. I was sat with Alan there for about an hour and a half. He's got tons of advice, tons to offer people who want to go into graphic design. Uh, if you're interested in hearing more from Alan, uh, what we'll be doing on 99% Perspiration is trickling through some of the previous interviews into future podcasts, just little bits here and there. So you may hear from Alan again, but if you want to hear more from his interview, uh, you can tweet us at 99podcast. I will see what we can send you. Once again, the tweet is at 99podcast. Next up is Corin Kilvington from Theatre Space Northeast. You love what you do. Absolutely. Wouldn't change it for the world. Absolutely love what I do. Um, it's, it is rewarding. It is interesting. It is inspiring. I get to work with amazing people. I get to win over teenagers, I get to delight and entertain toddlers, I get to change the way people see spaces, um, I get to learn with and work with incredible people who have much more experience than me, and I get to do it in my way. So, yeah, it, I don't think I could continue to work like I do surrounded by what I do for as long as I do every week for just about enough to get by unless I loved what I do yeah <laughs> Sam the dog has to, this is the other thing you see about working from home this is <laughs> Sam the dog Sam the dog does not understand Corinne is working Sam the dog understands Corinne appears to be sat still when she could be playing um <laughs> And it is lovely to be able to work and have him around and have him asleep on my feet. And But when you're trying to do a business meeting or a Skype interview or, you know, phone conversation and he goes mental because the postman's come to the door, <laughs> kind of takes the professional edge off it just a little bit. <laughs> Isn't that lovely that you get to have your dog around you while you work? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a kind of, I don't know, it's almost a bit of a t kind of nod towards attempting a work-life balance. Um, <laughs> he gets company all the time um, and I get reminded that I need to take breaks if nothing else he's got an incredible body clock so you know 3.30 comes around and he goes <clears throat> shouldn't we be um, somewhere outside now it's like yeah okay so you know at least I managed to take me breaks <laughs> Sam that's enough darling <laughs> got it I've got it, 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 I've got it,
um, which was focused on doing um, plays in public parks and public spaces. Um, and it grew from that to incorporate a kind of sideline business of peripatetic teaching that I had. Um, and now what it is, two, two years nearly after its official formation, um, is a theatre company that specialises in theatre for non-theatre spaces. So performance outside of a traditional theatre studio, sound and light supplied box. Um, it can be anything from parks to churches to abandoned churches, to libraries, um, to schools, um, pubs, bars, basements, cellars, attics, anywhere that you can encourage an audience to interact and engage with something of a theatrical nature, um, primarily that doesn't have an expectation of that within the space. So while there are several places that we work in regularly, we continue to find new places um, and it's kind of important that those places are places that people don't necessarily have a positive feeling about. So it might be that, you know, you quite like to take your dog to the park on a, a sunny afternoon. But at six o'clock at night, you wouldn't set foot in that space because of the people that use it at that time and the way that they use it. Or that building at the end of the street that's just so ugly. Why has nobody knocked it down? Well, actually, if you go inside... It's amazing. Um, and so kind of part of what we, an important part of what we do is to change people's perceptions of those shared spaces, those edges of their community that they don't necessarily choose to engage in and change the way they look at it. It's an awesome company. I really recommend you check them out if you live in the Northeast. They put on lots of shows throughout the year and they're really cool. Um, but I also wanted to ask Corinne about whether she had any advice for people who want to get into acting as a career. I think it's possibly one of the hardest, hardest jobs to do because any level of rejection is, is personal. It's about how you look or how you sound. You know, it's not about, yes, it might be at some point about your experience or who you've worked with like any other job is, but it is as much about the colour of your eyes and the shade of your skin and the length of your hair as anything else. Um, and that's hard because you're not just being rejected because you weren't good enough. You're also being rejected because you didn't look right. You didn't say the right thing. You didn't sound right. And that can be really hard. You're going to have to get used to that, reading things, reading people and signs. I think a key thing to working in as, a, as an actor is, is, is that really old adage of, of just being humble. It's not, whether you're a lead role or a supporting artist, it's about being there on time. It's about being there ready to work. It's about leaving whatever's going on outside, outside, and not carrying your mood, your stinker of a mood into a rehearsal room, not breaking other people's props, not being rude to the tech crew. It's about accepting that even if you are the lead role, you are still part of a team. And without that team of people, nothing happens. And, you know, when you look at somebody's... And when I'm casting, when I look at somebody's CV, if they only ever work with a company once, that's really telling to me. Because why... If they do a good job, surely they would be some sort of repeat there would be something where somebody goes, remember so-and-so that we worked with on that? He's about the right age. He's about the right, let's bring that person back. And if it's not there, 
you know, if it's in the last year, fair enough. But if for the last six years, they've only ever worked with a series of companies once, that to me says, oh, that person auditions well, doesn't work well. Whereas if you look at somebody's CV and they've got four or five companies that they go back to, that's somebody who is easy to work with, who's reliable, who's fun to have in a rehearsal room, who continues to creatively contribute to a process. And I think that's a real key thing that I've found as an actor is the more humble I approach a situation and walk in and go, okay, what am I doing here? <laughs> thanks, who is everybody? Great, thanks so much. Um, remembering what people like, how like people like the tea. Stuff like that, as ridiculous as decent human being skills, because you're only going to be that character for an hour and a half, two hours a day, but you're going to be yourself for the rest of it and they've got to work with you for all of it and that so that person has to be easy to get along with it doesn't matter how well you do B if A sucks that's it um and so for people kind of working creatively and certainly the people that I continue to employ are the people that know how to work and have a laugh and turn up on time and learn the lines on time and contribute ideas at the right time in the right way and support that team rather than all about me. So I think that's really important to remember if you want to be an actor. And if you are interested in finding out about Theatre Space Northeast, you can check out their website, which is theaterspace.org.uk. Thank you so much for tuning in to the first 99% Perspiration. Um, but seriously though, the show would be nothing without you. If you have any suggestions for what we should do, please do let us know. We're all learning. So if you have anything you want to hear on the podcast, any specific advice, any questions, etc., etc., please do contact us on Twitter at 99podcast. We want to provide the best service we can for tomorrow's creative professionals. Equally, if you do currently work in the creative industries and want to be featured on the podcast, let us know. It might be good publicity for your company, but really it's all about advice and enabling tomorrow's creative professionals to achieve the best they can. Once again, you can find us on Twitter at 99podcast. Finally, I've got to say a really huge thank you to Kevin McLeod and Steve Combs. Uh, they put music on Free Music Archive, which is an amazing website where you can find music, uh, some for commercial use, some for other kinds of uses if you're not making money from it. But it's an awesome service with tons and tons of songs up there, so you should definitely check it out. Free Music Archive. And a huge thank you to Corin Kilvington and Alan Verth for just taking their time out away from their busy professional business lives to tell me about their, their experiences. Um, hopefully this has helped you. And yeah, thank you so much. My name's Jay Sykes and you can tweet us at 99podcast. Goodbye. Making money moves, you've always got to be moving. You see it, you need it. You're buying here, paying there, you're taking the next step. You want to treat yourself. You deserve it. But you're being smart. Hmm. So now you're a hunter. A hunter of rewards. 
Life is a series of search bars and work-life juggling. So let's make it easier. Phew. Pay, save and grow. All in the same place you bank. And make money moves with ComBank. Can lives here. Terms and conditions apply. Consider if appropriate for you.